Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeon Hockey, participating member of the Hockey Focus Family Podcast. This is Chris and today's co-host, Sam. Good morning, hockey fans. And you know us, we don't claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So how goes life, Sam? Life's going okay. You know, just been following along with a couple of the playoffs that have been happening at the moment in the NHL. But uh, we certainly got, and also keeping an eye on players that are getting noticed by uh, ACHA hockey teams and, you know, who my Rogue Valley Royals are trying to keep around for the next season and stuff like that. So, um, you know, just putting a lot of, a lot of sports stuff to, going on at the moment. <laughs> that's, that's the good stuff. And uh, there has been a lot of players picked up by ACHA D1 and D3 programs. You know, got to give a shout out to uh, Ben Fiore. I wish I would have waited just a couple hours to drop his highlight reel video because the second <laughs> I did, he was announced as Wago uh, right up there in New York. So a lot of lake effect he'll be getting up there, but He's from Glens Falls, so he's used to that. Uh, and I think they're a few hours apart from each other, but uh, a lot more lake effect, I think, where he's going to for uh, for university. And I know, uh, did, I think we mentioned your uh, your Rogue Valley Royal that got picked up for uh, Michigan Dearborn, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Dawson Nelson, our, uh, one of our star forwards from last year, uh, had a decent number of points, was I think like the number two point getter on the team. For last he's year, okay. and, uh, <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> know, player. He, scored, player. he scored some nice goals, whatever. Yeah. Um, he uh, he's going to Dearborn, so that's very exciting. And um, I think wasn't there another player that we talked about? Uh, they got picked up by a D three team that you might have. Oh, there's a lot of players now, got picked up by a lot of yeah, places probably. last week. It's it's that time probably. of year where the names are starting to drop left and right. Um, and, uh, and, and re-signings are happening and there's some teams that are very busy and I'm tracking them all. Uh, Sam, I don't know if you, if anybody on the, in the pigeonhole hockey group still has access to the, the last year's fantasy document, but it's definitely been swapped up a little bit here and I'm actually building the rosters as team make announcements. So, um, the Rogue right. Valley Royals having one centerman right now. So that's nice, <laughs> you know, but, uh, more, I more signings have become... back. So that's yep. that's exciting. Um, I don't. I is he is he the one centerman? I'm guessing. Yep. Or is yep. He, he's the he's I, the I solo Rogue Valley Royal I've seen signed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, but but we'll, I mean, there's teams that haven't made any announcements, and there's. Oh yeah, like it's it's early. Camps have to happen. Um, I think Bakersfield has been the most active team so far. They've they've added a couple new pieces. Um, but they've also re-signed a lot of uh, great talent. So uh, I think Bakersfield should be a team that uh, the other teams in the Pacific should be concerned about next year because they're going to be bringing back a lot of players that have played together before. Um, so it's going to be – I think it's going to be a very um, different, more experienced team than the year before. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. But, again, you can't ever put out teams like Fresno um, and uh, – and San Diego, I mean, they, they and Las Vegas, I mean, shoot, all these teams can put together really impressive programs. And maybe Lake Tahoe has a bounce back season because uh, they had a really good first season. So, yeah, you never know. And then oof, trying to figure out, like, what the Northwest looks like next year. But that's all going to be speculation. We'll just see what the USPHL does. Um, I got some suggestions, yeah. but uh, I know they're not terribly concerned about what I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll we'll but, report uh, on that as it happens kind of thing. But um, oh, yeah. I was curious, I don't know if this is maybe for this episode, but um, 
So with players, like, do they only sign one-year deals? Or, like, I guess my question is, because obviously there's some guys on, you know, all of these rosters, but, you know, specifically with my Royals, right? Like, like there's some kids who are, like, they haven't aged out and they won't be doing that for at least a few years. So, like, are they, do they just, like, they just stick with the team most likely? Do they need to announce those signings? Or is that something that, like, every single player signs a new deal each year? Yeah, with junior hockey, generally speaking, especially at the tier three level, it's basically just a one year um, tendering, re-signing, uh, because like hypothetically, we're talking about the it was Tyler Hansen, right, who's re-signed yes. with Rogue Valley, uh, and he's an O three, so this is last year of eligibility. But say he was an O four, um, he would still only do a one year signing because you know the goal, especially at tier three, is always move up. Um, right. And, okay. you know, and, and things change and he he might not like the atmosphere, the new coaching staff that year or whatever. So he's always got the the free range to maybe find another tier three team should he want to to move on. Um, contracts do work in specific different ways. We won't get into details on this episode, but um, there's a lot more flexibility, especially tier three where the players are paying to play uh, versus um, the the levels above that, like tier two and tier one. Uh, where it's uh, free to play uh, for the most part. Um, but uh, yeah, tier three, um, the players have to pay to be on the team. So uh, you you can't, you, you don't want to have contracts that are longer than the season requires uh, because, you know, you, you the, the goal of tier three is to move players up to tier two and, 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 and then even higher. So um that's the ultimate goal so yeah but that's that's why we only ever see like re-signings and tenderings and such uh just because players always have the option to move on and then teams also have the option to cut players loose if it's just not fitting in with their system uh because they'll generally have a lot of players that come to a team especially over camps and you'll see a pretty fat roster in september and, and by the end of october um, you'll see four or five or six of the players move on to different teams. And a lot of times it's because like, again, a rogue Valley might oversign players and be like, yeah, we, we're not going to carry on this many players. So we're going to find homes for these four other players. So if teams, if a player really does want to keep playing at a tier three level, they might find teams that need that space. And they're like, we don't need him Bellingham, but do you do? It looks like you might need another forward. He's probably not going to make our roster. And Bellingham's like, yeah, we have a spot we could take on another forward for sure. If he wants to come here, we'll be happy to sign him. And boom, that's yeah. how that's kind of how that would work. So like it would that be would that be an in-season trade or would they just just basically just let them sign with the new team? Uh in that case they just let them sign with a new team. Um now in terms of trades, once once things are kind of more solidified, it's just kind of what's best for the player, especially almost at any level of junior hockey. It's generally what it should be, especially if it's the players uh, paying. Um, it's generally speaking what's best for the player. And that's the way it should be with coaches and owners that care. Yeah, ideally, because we, we, we're we aware that there are teams that are definitely not more player-focused and such, but again, we won't get into that episode. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's... It's usually it's best for a player. I mean, that's why there was a lot of talk in, uh, I want to say it was the Midwest West this year, where guys that could be screwing us up, but I think it was Hudson and the Minnesota Squatch. And again, guys, forgive me if I'm getting this wrong, but I think like he was pretty much the best goal in the USPHL premiere, and he was traded to Minnesota uh, for nothing. 
and people were just losing it. They're like, why are we giving up the pre- pretty much the best goalie in the league to our rival? And the coaching staff came back, and it's it's what's best for the player. Period. Oh, okay. So for whatever reasons those are, but like trades happen like that all the time. You'll see players, sometimes some of the better players on the team just automatically get traded. And you're like, why would we give up one of our best players? Because that's what, that's what's best for the player. And certainly like, why would we trade them to a rival is like, is very easy for us as fans to see. Um, But, but that's, that's good to know for sure that, you know, teams are, are more player focused than, as like they're trying be. to do what's best best for the player, yeah. and that's that's awesome to hear. Yeah, and, and and that's that's what it should be. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, for for those listeners who didn't already know, uh, this is my first. This has been my first season uh, experiencing the USPHL and junior hockey just in general in my life. So I'm still learning. I'm still very much learning how all of this works along with you guys. So uh, hopefully. Hopefully that's fine, and I'll probably ask some questions throughout the throughout the year. That is just like I'm just trying to understand how this all works. <laughs> it's it's a very it's a very confusing. The junior hockey world is very very confusing, especially if you're new to it. Uh, I was very confused by it for a while, and still to date, I can be easily thrown off by things that occur and things I just don't understand. So like one of the questions that I certainly have is like, what is the difference between tier three and tier two teams and tier one and, and how they all like sort of feed into each other, I guess. Yeah, that's uh that's something that it's taken me a while to figure out. Um, Cause again, until I had moved to uh relocated just North of Salt Lake city, just outside Ogden. Um, and I discovered the Ogden Mustangs. I was, Extremely confused what I was watching, but I had fun watching it because I'm a hockey fan. And uh, it, it took me a while, and I really didn't dive too deeply into it until I became a you know a podcaster and was trying to explain stuff and understand stuff. And I'm like, oh, and I asked a lot of questions. So the simplest way to explain kind of tier three, at least here in the United States, is that there is three leagues that are truthfully tier three. That is the USPHL Premier the NA3HL and the EHL. So the Eastern Hockey League, as it sounds like, all those teams are basically on the East Coast and almost focused in the Atlantic and New England states. The NA3HL uh, is kind of an extension of the NAL. And so those teams are kind of spread throughout the country. And then there's US Patriot Premier. Um, so these, those are the three like tier three leagues in the United States. Now, tier two, there's two divisions um, in tier two, and it kind of makes it easy because there's one tier one league, there's two tier two leagues, and there's three tier three leagues. So you can kind of see the nice little pyramid there. And the, I would say the EHL doesn't, the EHL definitely pushes players onto college, it pushes players onto higher levels like the NAL and the NCDC, but the EHL doesn't have a, a tier two direct like league that it feeds into. The NA3HL feeds into the NAHL, which is the North American Hockey League, which is, has teams in Alaska and basically a bulk of them on the East Coast and some teams there in like, uh, you know, the Midwest area of like Minnesota, Wisconsin, North Dakota and down to Louisiana, a team as far west as New Mexico. And they just expanded out to Greeley, Colorado uh, with the Colorado Grit. 
that's kind of the null. And but again, the NA3HL tier three feeds that NAHL tier two. The USPHL Premier feeds into the NCDC, which is the USPHL's tier two league, which is the National Collegiate Development Conference. And so the NCDC just a couple years ago, I think it was only like 10 or 12 teams. And then they expanded a couple teams last year. Uh, I want to say Wilkes-Barre and one other team. And then they added the West this year, which is what this podcast is basically going to be focused on is the, the six teams that expanded and the draft. Um, and so now it's a 20 team tier two league. And so when you make it up to tier two within the NAL and the NCDC, they should be tuition free. And I think all the programs, and I'm, if I'm wrong, listeners, reach out, but all the NOL and NCDC programs should be free to play. Players, if they're good enough to play Tier 2, aren't paying to play. Most, if not everything, is covered, including billeting and such. Again, billeting might be different, but it's from what I know that most of these expenses should be covered. When you make it up to the USHL, which is the only Tier 1 league, which is major junior in the United States, I I understand Canada, you're saying it's not, but a lot of players get drafted out of the USHL just like they do out of the CHL. Um, it's, it's just nowhere near as massive as the three teams that feed into the CHL. So basically, it's the U.S.'s version of the major junior, and that's the USHL. Um, and that has teams all over the United States. And so that is tier one, and that is completely free to play. Um, and a lot of those players get picked up by um, Division One programs in in college and get drafted into the National Hockey League. Uh, when you're talking about Tier Two, which is the NAL and the NCDC, uh, players definitely do get drafted into the NHL and definitely do get picked up by Division One programs, uh, but also go Division Three. And then Tier Three players uh, generally go Division Three. Um, some Division Two and uh, a lot of ACHA Division One as well. There, there are players that are get picked up by the NCAA. It's just not as common out of Tier Three. The bulk of them go uh, ACHA and uh, and Division Three, Division One hockey. That is the simplest platform to say that there is like one Tier One, two Tier Two, and three Tier Three leagues. And I know the three teams that expanded out west. So I know we have a lot of listeners from Idaho Falls. Ogden, Provo, Pueblo, Rock Springs, and Utah, uh, West Valley, Utah, to be specific. And all those teams last year and in the past, even with the WSHL, were Tier 3 teams. This year, they've been promoted to Tier 2. So these players won't be paying to play in these organizations. And it'll be that next level up of talented hockey players uh, that are going to be looked at by Division 1 programs and and NHL programs. And so, again, it's going to take some development. This is a newer boost in the Tier 2 world, uh, so it might not be as immediate as uh, as maybe you see programs in and all, but um, it's definitely growing. And I give the USPHL credit for having the guts to come out west, which nobody had done yet. Um, so that's where I'll give the USPHL a lot more credit is uh, if you were a talented hockey player from the West Coast, you you almost always had to go East. And so um, the USPHL took the leap and expanded West, and that gives players an opportunity from California, Montana, Texas, not to have to go play in New England, New York, uh, Virginia. Like, they can they can stay home and uh, and play closer to home. And I think that was, that, was a, that was an important step for the USPHL to take in, in developing six teams out in the West. So um, 
it's uh it's it's nice to see and um yeah i'm excited because man i know i talked a lot here (laughs) but it is a uh it it is a very convoluted world and, and any of you listeners that want to learn a little bit more feel free to reach out dm us on twitter on instagram and uh if you have any questions about you know you know any of this you know feel free to reach out because i can get even deeper and more chaotic in canada but i won't because you want to talk about division one versus division two versus division three that is a whole nother beast in canada and i understand it but that would need to be its own full episode because that is wild um but yeah so very cool so i feel like i've got a bit more understanding it definitely will like most people will definitely take some time to really, really grasp my mind around that. But um, it's a lot. Yeah. But very, very cool to see these six new teams in the in the NCDC and, uh, you know, getting promoted to tier two. And, you know, a, a lot of them, as as we talked about a little bit before we started that, you know, filling filling out arenas for all of these teams has not been has not been an issue. So it's good to see them them get noticed and and promoted you know for the fans for the team for the organization for all of it yeah and that's the thing about these 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 programs these six programs in particular um and i mean i i'm throwing rock springs in that rock springs is literally the newest uh program in in the ncdc um and so uh they're they're gonna they can definitely get you know butts in the seats but it's um, it's new to have junior hockey there and um, and having tier two there. I think they'll slowly build a crowd in in the in the next year or two. Uh, but the promise is there, and Rock Springs is completely capable of it. And uh, I'm excited to see I'm excited to see the New Jersey. I'm I'm pretty excited about that. But when it comes to the other five programs, I mean, you want to talk about a team that came out of nowhere last year, the Idaho Falls Bud Kings, and you know, a brand new 4,000 seat arena and they packed it all but two nights. They filled out every home game. It's, it's incredible. Like 4,000 people watched tier three. That was tier three (laughs) last year. And And now you get the talent from tier two. Yeah. Now they're going to get the talent from tier two. And I'm excited to talk about who they drafted. These, none of these teams in the West coast. And I'm telling you, if I'm a player and again, it, this is me personally because there's players out there that would rather not play in front of a lot of people. It, there's a lot of pressure when you're playing in front of people. I, especially as a goalie, love the pressure. I love the chirp. It, you know, I, I loved all of it. And so, um, well, when I play, I never played in front of big crowds because I was never good enough. But, you know, if I have a few people show up to watch me, I'm pretty excited. So to have 4,000 people to watch, that would be that would be exciting. But Utah can easily get well over a thousand in their old arena and they're, they're building a new arena there. So I'm very excited for the outliers new arena, uh, Pueblo, uh, small arena. I think they can almost pack a thousand people in it, but they always pack it like that arena is never empty and the crowd is wild. Um, Provo can get, I think about a thousand people in their arena and they sold it out. I think a few times this year, um, Ogden 2,500 seat arena. And it's always at least half full, uh, so there's always a, at least about a thousand people in a Mustangs game and, and during bigger games, um, they de- it definitely gets more to capacity and Idaho falls. I mean, 4,000 seat arena and they, 
sold it out all but two games. And I, the two games I think they didn't sell out were Thursday night games, and it was like 80% capacity. So, oh, no, only 3,000 people to watch. So <laughs> um, pretty passionate crowd there in Idaho Falls. And so it's uh, it's some pretty exciting hockey, man. And and you know what? The NCDC draft just happened. Uh, I know your listeners are hearing this uh, a few days after the draft, but uh, the NCDC draft was just last night. And Sam, I I tried. I really did. It was at midnight. I fell asleep to the the calming voice of uh, Dan Kay and Lucas Jones. <laughs> I came in and out of the draft, as and then eventually, I think at 1:30 in the morning, gave in. But uh, yeah, your time zone was not was not ideal for whenever that started. So no, <laughs> it no, makes sense. No. <laughs> No, and they're they're very calming on on the way they were talking. It was very exciting, but very calm. I mean, for me, hockey is calming. So I tried. So I had to wake up this morning and, and kind of take a look at the who got drafted, and I was pretty excited. And I think um, it's going to be fun to talk about the players that were drafted in the NCDC West. Yeah, and it's definitely like I'm definitely curious as to the amount of players that each team selected, but. Why don't we just jump into it and uh, we'll start with the Utah Outliers. Yeah, so the Utah Outliers, and yeah, there, it was a lot of players drafted. And there was 20 rounds, so each team got to pick a player in all of 20 rounds. And it's junior hockey, so it's a lot less likely that the players can sign with you because there are multiple junior leagues. And players can get picked up by Division One programs. They can get picked up by Tier 1 programs, other Division Two programs in Canada U.S., so... It's kind of staking your claim on a player should they end up in the NCDC. And especially this year alone is when the six teams that just expanded into the NCDC got to overpick, basically because this allows them to kind of fill out their rosters in terms of like draft picks for several years. If I'm wrong, USPH, I'll reach out. But the other teams in the NCDC this year basically picked their teams into 20 rounds and then we're basically done. I think Boston picked like an extra two players, but Utah Outliers selected 44 players. Uh, so they they selected a player per round and then selected basically another 24 players they were interested in to be drafted. And uh, all these draft picks are 06 07. That's another thing I want to clarify. So the draft year eligible for this year is 06 07, but 03 will be the age outs this year. And so this is their last year of junior hockey eligibility. So 03s, 04s, and 05s have to be tendered. They have to be signed. Uh, so these draft picks aren't tendered. Now, some were tendered during the draft. Um, we won't get into that on this podcast, but players did sign contracts to tender upon being drafted. The Utah Outliers. So 44 players drafted. Uh, we're just going to give some shout outs here. So we're going to talk about really with each of these teams, the their top 10 picks and uh, just a couple other players that kind of stand out. So the Utah Outliers with their first overall pick in franchise history as an NCDC team selected a right winger out of the North Star Knights from Fargo, North Dakota, Ben Lickness. And so he's an 06 and uh, their first ever draft pick. But they also selected, in order, from round two to round ten, Kiernan Litterick, a centerman, Max Lavoy, a left defenseman, and also, boys, if I say your names wrong, I apologize. I'm really, really good at slaughtering names, so feel free to reach out and let me know how to actually pronounce your name if I destroy it. Uh, in the fourth round, they went with Grady Sluggett, a forward out of PCHA. Round five, they went with Loic Leduc. With round six, Joseph 
Gasperko, round seven, Evan Ledin, or Evan maybe Ledin, round eight, Tanner Henricks, round nine, Tyler McGowan, and round 10, Lincoln Shelm. So none of them are goalies, so I want to shout out the goalies because that's what I do. Uh, they picked in round 14, goaltender Charlie Durkin out of Chicago Mission, and round 15, they picked Ryan Harris out of the Pittsburgh Pens Elite 16. And also out of the round, so to speak, 21, they picked up goaltender from the Phoenix Junior Coyotes, Ben Batis. Those were kind of the standouts that I saw from the Utah Outlier selections, but 44 players, man. What do you think? I mean, something I definitely noticed, and I'm assuming, you know, they probably have a reason for this, but five of their top 13 picks were centers. So maybe they're looking for more depth or, you know, I don't know much about the Utah Outliers current roster, but maybe they've got some age outs happening at that position. But that's just a very interesting, like, focus that early, that early in the draft to take that many centermen, you know. Yeah, my, my, I'm thinking they, you know, they definitely have had a, you know, a deep team and they're moving up to tier three, or I'm sorry, they're moving up to tier two this year. They've had a lot of great centermen in the past and Utah does really, really good at picking a wide variety of very skilled players from the, around the world. They're usually one of the most international teams in, in the mountain division. They must have, they must have a very uh, excellent uh, international scout. But yeah, I'm not surprised. This team definitely builds a scoring powerhouse team, but also really does good on the back end. I mean, they generally speaking, Utah builds a pretty good team and they're always a threat, which is why they picked last this year in the draft. Oh, okay. Interesting. I I didn't I forgot that there was like an order probably to which team got to go first, of course. Um you know, yes. and I think the way they did it this year was uh, the six teams that were new picked uh, the last basically six spots. And that was an order of uh, the worst of the six, which would be Rock Springs because they didn't exist last year, <laughs> picked basically 15th. And then it worked its way up to Utah picking uh, 20th because Utah was the best team in the Mountain Division. Yeah, yeah, very cool. You know, just like there's definitely like like you said, a lot of different players from, you know, Canada on this roster. There's a player from Russia on this roster as well or that they selected. Also want to give a shout out to uh, towards the end, towards the bottom of this. We got Ethan Baker out of Wilmette, Illinois, which is where my grandparents lived for a long time. So uh, I'm very familiar with that that town. And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully a lot of these players will see who who gets tendered and when know what sort of timeline that happens on but for now um welcome to the the squad the new the new utah outliers yeah i think they're going to look forward to that new i'm excited to see that new arena i'm definitely excited to see what the that new arena looks like um, i think it's going to be more fitting for uh, kind of the organization that out you know the outliers have become so um stand-up organization uh you know I, I think it's before the beginning of the season. I'm pretty sure they said it would be ready for the NCDC. Things can happen, you know, but they should technically the arena should, from what I'm aware of, be ready for the uh, new NCDC squad. Okay, very cool. That's something to have to look forward to then. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm stoked to see it. I wonder what capacity they'll be able to hold with the new arena. It'll, 
it should be I would imagine be more probably planning oh that. absolutely I think I yeah. think it's going to be a much newer nicer bigger facility I, I significantly doubt the outliers would go to a smaller arena than what they currently have it's it what they have is a you know decent sized arena I think they can get about a thousand people in it so I'm imagining that this is a good least going to double capacity at least okay. yeah that's that seems like a good plan <laughs> yeah, which they've needed um, because they, they fill it out quite often. So they, they need more seats. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So I'll definitely, you know, obviously you'll you'll keep us posted on that and fingers crossed that it's it's done before the season starts. For sure. For sure. <laughs> now we could jump into the newest team who took seemingly the maximum of selections. Uh, we got the Rock Springs Grizzlies. Yes, so the Rock Springs Grizzlies are the newest team, and so very excited to see what their whole jersey getup will look like. I'm kind of hoping for the same color scheme of the Utah Grizzlies uh, from the ECHL, but we'll see. Newest team, they actually end up selecting 50 players, so they picked their first 20 and then an additional 30 players. So I'm actually incredibly impressed that they had this many players kind of already lined up. And I only heard about the, you know, the organization a week ago. So, you know, wow. very impressed. Yeah, with, yeah I, I don't know how. <laughs> so, but their first ever selection in their, not only team history, but their NCDC history was none other than forward out of Vancouver, Josh Kelly. So I guess he's out of Port Moody. And anyway, Josh Kelly is their first ever selection. And then two to 10, they ended up selecting left defenseman Nikita Konevich out of the New Jersey Rockets, uh, 16U. Uh, then they selected Igor Barabanov, a forward out of the New Jersey Rockets. Then Kasten Mainberger, a goaltender out of the Anaheim Junior Ducks, 15. Then Nathan Del Silva out of the uh, Cary. Uh, I guess this is, the, if I'm not incorrect, because it's the VIJHL, I think that's Cary Park Islanders right there. They, they were selected out of. Uh, then Bradley Gallo, the forward out of St. Albert. Kuzma Veronin, a forward out of the New Jersey Rockets. Brogan McNeil, a forward from Delta U18 Prep. Braden Pinky, a left defenseman out of the Wenatchee Wolves. And then Ben Rakowski out of the, looks like the COL T-Birds. I mean, I can only see Colonel T-Birds out of that. That's all I get out of COL. <laughs> but out of the COL T-Birds. And then Colorado. <laughs> Colorado T-Birds, maybe? Maybe. It know. should be. Maybe. Well, actually, I don't. I I shouldn't say it should be. That's what makes sense <laughs> to me. But I, I really, I really have no idea. Well, it's only based yeah. off of the fact that there's some players down further. There's some players from uh, Colorado T-Birds from Denver. Or they're all from Denver to lower down on this team. So that's my oh, assumption yeah. of why it's Colorado. I guess. Maybe it is the Colorado T-Birds. It's a lot of teams on here, so I couldn't look them all up. Uh, but I <laughs> want to give the additional shout outs to goaltender Owen Bresson out of the out of South Kent 18, as well as goaltender Brady Swanson out of the Fox Motor 16. And I love shouting out anybody out of VIJHL. So Finley Klippenstein, the left winger out of Port Alberni from the Bombers there out of VIJHL has also been selected. Oh, yeah, another goalie, too. Sorry, left off another goalie. Again, like you – gosh, a couple more goalies. I'm sorry. I think uh, got two. Yeah, Thomas Kefarelli, again, from the Rampage 16, and that has to be – well, he's from Oregon, so I still don't know what COL means. And, and then Zachary White, goaltender from the Wenatchee Wild from Stockton, California. So uh, love giving – but, yeah, 50 players drafted by the Grizzlies. Yeah, very – 
very impressive and from all over the place like you said they must have had great scouting and of course i'll give a quick shout out to uh luke gustafson a forward out of the san jose junior sharks uh from san jose california so gotta gotta shout out my hometown team and uh very cool to see a junior shark get drafted by a team and i'll have to keep my eye out for him in uh, in rock springs this upcoming season that you will and i think we're pretty big fans of the junior sharks on this podcast i know i think we follow each other so uh we're, we're pretty big fans of the, the Junior Sharks program. We don't get to talk about them a lot, but we know you guys are out there, and we appreciate you. <laughs> so, um, but then, yeah, the Pueblo Bulls, um, they selected the least amount at 41 players in the draft. And, uh, I mean, that's still a lot. Their first ever selection in NCDC history was Garen Slezik, the left defenseman out of the Dallas Stars elite from Arlington, Texas. So congratulations to Slezik there. Uh, you know, the Pueblo Bulls are a fun organization. I know he's heading to something really impressive there. Real cool. The Bulls do it right. Um, they just seem like a lot of fun. I can't wait to eventually make it, you know, over to Pueblo and get to a Bulls game because uh, it just seems like a whole event. And do you know they have their own team store outside the arena? No way. That's so cool. That, it's incredible. I want to go. I want a Bulls jersey. That's it. Uh, you know, um, trying to get my hands on yeah. that. I know hopefully they, they bring back a couple of the uh, – the Swedish goalies from last year, uh, you know, soon Hall and Bjork. I'm really hoping they're back in Bulls uniforms this year in the NCDC, but uh, all yet to be seen. I'd be excited to see them back. But they also selected from second to 10 Tyrone February from the Des Moines Bucks, a centerman. Christian Kirsch, a goaltender from Zug U17 out of Basel, Switzerland. Dane Ramirez, a centerman out of the Cleveland Barons, 16. Carter Murphy, right defenseman out of the Dallas Stars Elites from the Woodlands, Texas. Charlie Cressley, uh, or Cressy, sorry. Charlie Cressy, a forward for the BK Select 16s out of Denver. Cooper Williams, a left winger for the Detroit Honey Baked Program, a very big program out of Pinkley, Michigan. Uh, Brody Donovan, a centerman out of the Rough Riders 16 program. Finn Safer, the right defenseman out of the Rough Riders as well. And then Kevin Delaney, from Proctor, a left defenseman. Oh, oh, one more shout out I want to give here to Katan Ryan. I'm, I'm assuming it's Katan, but he's playing in the CCHL in Carlton Place right now, but he's from Canada, Ontario. And, you know, we, we have strong connections there to Carlton Place and the CCHL, considering we have a co-host on this podcast that is now assistant coach for that exact team. So big shout out there to Ryan. Oh, very cool. You know, they definitely, at the top of their draft, they had a couple players from the Dallas Stars Elite, so they probably have a a scout down there is my guess. Um, very cool to see, you know, the Cleveland Barons used to be a team in, I, right, the NHL, right, I believe, yep. back in the day? they were. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's very interesting to see that that, that organization still exists at some in some capacity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I'll just give a quick shout-out to uh, Nolan Caffey, who's from, uh, near my near my hometown of Belmont, California. So so very very cool to see, you know, another another NorCal player uh, getting getting some time on a new on a new NCDC team. Yeah, and and honestly, just all the players we're not mentioning too. You know, congratulations on being drafted. And also because of the way Cleveland and Dallas are abbreviated, I'm 100% behind what you said. Uh, it means Colorado. Not correct. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, uh, I'm looking at Clev and Dell, and I'm like, okay, so it meant Colorado. So, 
Sorry, boys. Colorado it is. But there's enough Air Force bases in, in Colorado that Colonel, I guess, also flies. But I don't know. Of course, I guess. Yeah. Next up, we got the Provo Predators. And uh, in their their first selection in the NCDC draft, uh, they took 44 players overall, by the way. So they took Campbell Epp, a forward out of uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, in the Wild program. Uh, we got Rhett Perrin, a center from Moose Jaw out of Manitoba as well. We got Brendan Dunphy, uh, part of the Anaheim, a left defenseman out of the Anaheim Junior Ducks uh, from San Diego. We got Davis Hales, right defenseman from the Nashville Predators, uh, Junior Predators organization from Toronto originally. We got John Flood, forward also from the Nashville Junior Predators uh, from Memphis, Tennessee. We got Hendrick Van Neck, who's from Nashville in the Premier League, Premier Division, it looks like. We got Lazarus Ebenoids. I apologize on that one. A left defense. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. In the, from Chicago. We got Nolan Eggleton, a right defenseman out of Ridley College in London, Ontario. We got Michael Hillock, a right winger from the North Jersey Avs as well. And we got Aiden Brown, a left defenseman from Chicago Mission 16s in Chicago, Illinois. By the way, so did Nashville have a Premier Division team last year? They Is did. What they did. Paid? Okay, so that's what Hendrick must be from. Then yeah, and he must be in a – actually, that makes sense because the Nashville Spartans are now linked – with the Provo Predators, and that is the, the affiliation between those two teams. So Provo's NCD team is now affiliated with Nashville's premier team. Okay, so they've got, like, the the premier team can feed into the NCDC team now, basically. Correct, yep. Very cool. And then so uh, you say, had I a think couple Ogden players. did the same thing with Las Vegas. Sorry. Oh, okay. Wait, did, uh, did, Ve- did Vegas have a NCDC team? No, or, no, but they will be the feeder program for the Ogden Mustangs. Oh, so those two teams are working right. Together. Yep. Yeah. So oh, that okay. that's going to be a dangerous combo. Yeah, <laughs> that Vegas was a very good had a very good season last year in their division. Yeah, I was just going to say that you had a couple players that uh, that you also wanted to give a quick shout out to on the from the Provo draft. Yeah, absolutely. I want to shout out the goalies. Uh, first of all, Justin Bears from it looks like Mount St. Charles 16 program and Daniel Duzek from the Nashville Spartans program. So, you know, big shout out to those goalies. And I know there's another goalie down there. Yes. Spencer Hunneman uh, from Omaha, AAA uh, out of Stonewall, Manitoba. And also Junksu Park, a goalie out of the Edge U17 prep program in Calgary, Alberta, or he's from Calgary, Alberta. I'm not sure if the Edge U17 is, but yeah, two other players that I was very excited to see get drafted by the Provo Predators were Tyler Chapman, uh, forward from the Vernal uh, Oilers last year. Uh, and he also started, if I'm not incorrect, with Bellingham, correct? Yes, yes, exactly. I, I, I didn't notice that, of course, I saw Tyler Chapman start with Bellingham, and he was a great player last year. And then yes, all of a sudden, you know, later in the season, I didn't even realize, oh, he's not even with the team anymore because he got traded to Vernal, you know, got called up to the a very, very good team in, in the Northwest Division. And he's a great player. So very cool to see him get drafted by one of these NCDC teams. And I wish him the best of luck. For sure. 
I'm definitely hoping to see Chappie in a in a Provo Predators uniform next year, as well as Robin Benoit from the Bakersfield Roughnecks. I mean, what an impressive player. I mean, both these both these players. I mean, again, no, you know, shade on anybody else because I, I haven't seen a lot of these players play, but I followed the the West very intently last year, and uh, both Chapman and Benoit were featured on the Pigeon Hockey Podcast highlights reel. And both talked about at different points throughout the season. So very happy that both uh, Chapman and Benoit were drafted by the Provo Predators. And uh, and, and Benoit, I'm still not going to try to pronounce where you're from, so don't ask. Um, but I'll just say <laughs> Quebec because that's easy. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah that, very very easy. impressed. <laughs> yeah. <I don't, laughs> uh, you, you you did you just try it? Uh, no, I will not. Okay. <laughs> There's a reason that we short we shortened our our, our favorite goalie uh, from his full name down to ETA. Yes, yes, Emil <laughs> Talifer and Sil, right? <laughs> like, hopefully, hopefully, I got that right. Like that. Yeah, the ETA is easy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Sam, what did Ogden do this uh, this draft? Yeah, we also got the Ogden Mustangs and uh, 44 selections from them as well. Um, and we'll start with their first ever NCTC selection at the top here uh i have no bias towards his name whatsoever sam anderson <laughs> uh centerman out of the rm rough riders 16 team who's from syracuse utah not syracuse new york uh next up we got ty izadi is going to be my guess a forward out of the anaheim junior ducks Bellflower. i'm wondering if i'm wondering if he's uh the brother of uh, the current Azadi we have. Now I'm going to look while you do that. I'm going to look to see if uh, Azadi is related to Azadi because there's an Azadi playing on the Ogden Mustangs for the last couple seasons. That would make sense then why, how he ended up on the new Mustangs. Uh, if, if they're related. If they're related <laughs> or maybe cousins or something. Uh, Potentially. We got third, third selection was Deke Davidson, a left defenseman from the Seacoast Spartans. We got Thomas Belzil. A forward from Bishop's College, VAR, I don't know what that is, uh, from Quebec as well. We got Troy Hunka, a right winger from the Cleveland Barons organization, 16 level. Jack Edwards, centerman from the Pittsburgh Penguins Elite 16s. We got Jake Marins from the Chicago Mission 16s. We got Tyler Chiavetti, from, uh, centerman from the St. Andrews. Is that a Canada thing? He's going to go, I guess. St. Andrews? Oh, yeah. I'd have to go back to the list. I'm still trying to look up Azadi's brother. I'm no, going with good. brother. I don't know yet. Um, and when I heard <laughs> Jake Mirins, I just my brain went to Jake Miri. So that was that's a fun pickup. Their ninth selection was Charlie Mashad, a left defenseman from the Detroit Little Caesars 16s. And last on the top 10, we got Jason Davenport, a right defenseman. Once again, from the Detroit Honey Baked program, uh, the 16 level. So uh, that's their top 10 selections for, for Ogden. And uh, throw it over to, to Chris for whoever he wants to give quick mentions to for the rest of the draft. Yeah, you haven't been able to figure out if these Zotties are related. So reach out, Ogden. We'd be, we'd be very curious if this is little Azadi, <laughs> uh, because uh, they're from different parts of California. So it doesn't mean they weren't born in different spots, but who knows? I mean, names travel. There's a, there's a lot of people with my last name that I have never met in my life and I'm not related to. But that's a very specific last name. Anyway, 
Oh, uh, yeah. For for my shout outs, I want to again shout out the goalies. Hunter Bauer, awesome hockey name, by the way. Hunter, really, really want to see him in an Ogden Mustangs uniform because that would be sick. But uh, yeah, he's from uh, Minnetonka High School. Oof. Yeah. That sounds like Minnesota High School. All right. That yeah, Minnetonka High School. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that was the only other goal I wanted to shout out, but there was a few because obviously there must be links to the Buffalo Buffalo area, and that's where I'm from. Uh, there was three Buffalo Junior Sabres drafted by the Ogden Mustangs. First of all, Nicholas Young, a left defenseman out of Lawton's, New York. I'm not sure quite where Lawton's is, so it's if it's Western New York, I'm sorry. I've never heard of it. Owen Tylik. Out of the out of Tonawanda, 100% know where Tonawanda is. I've eaten there a lot. That's that's super close to my hometown portion of Buffalo. As I'm a Cheek to Vegas kid, uh, and then uh, Colin or C.J. Hurley, a Ford for Buffalo Junior Sabres as well from Williamsville. So the nicer part of, I guess, what Cheek to would be considered. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to shout out my local kids there as well. Very yeah, familiar with Tonawanda. They have to. There's a, there's or they, they got the connections, right? If it's not scout, there's coaches know each other and they start talking and they start recommending players. So once you build that trust up with a with other coaching staffs, they're like, hey, you've got to get, you know, this kid's definitely ready or this kid will definitely be ready. You want to make sure you secure his rights. So, you know, I know Kenny Orlando, the the GM head coach for the Ogden Mustangs, is from Pennsylvania, so probably has a network of people from that region of like Pennsylvania, New York. And must definitely have a connection there to Buffalo Junior Sabres. So good pickings. And as he, I mean, she also sent our the top score ever in USPHL history to Buffalo State College. So Jake Murray, not Jake Mirrens, but we would very much like if as Ogden Mustangs fans would love Jake Mirrens to become the next top scorer in USPHL history. We also got a selection from the San Jose Junior Sharks 15 level. It looks like of uh, Griffin Brown a left defenseman. So it's getting a 15-year-old left defenseman who's already 5'10", 150. That's that's very impressive to find that in in your draft, in your 20th round or 21st round. Um, yeah, some of these players make me look small. Like, I, dude, there's some like six, six and a half foot players that are like 200 pounds. And I'm like, six foot five, 200. I'm like, God, monsters, some of you kids, monsters. <laughs> well, I'm five foot six, so all of them look like monsters to me. Anywho, <laughs> we we shall move on to our sixth and final team of the Idaho Falls Spud Kings, who took 50, the maximum 50 picks in this draft, and started out with a couple of familiar names of players that were on their team last year. Yes, they did. Landon Wright, a right winger, and Griffin Ganyan, is Gagnon. that the name I guess? Well, Gagnon. since he's from the Pen, it's going to be Gagnon. Griffin Gagnon. Gagnon. Yep. Griffin Gagnon, a left defenseman. So they've already brought back a couple of assuming of I would I would assume standout players from last year. So that's got to be exciting for them. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited for those picks. Landon Wright's an excellent player. Griffin Gagnon's an excellent player. They've both been mentioned on our podcast this year. I know at least Landon Wright, we at least had one of his highlights on this year. I don't know if we have any highlights from Griffin Gagnon. He's definitely been mentioned on the podcast as a standout player of the month. So great selections there. Both local Ontario kids. Very familiar with Nepean, too, because I lived in Ottawa for four years. And very familiar with Brockville. Been down there a couple times. Big name players there, at least if, if you've been following the Western USPHL this year. And I, I like the fact that Idol Falls went with um, – 
someone right on the roster is their first overall pick in NCDC history. I thought that was a that was a pretty cool move. And to go back to back there with Wright and Genio, I thought that was incredible. But uh, yeah, let's keep it on. So who else did they select? Their third overall pick was Adam Wismuller, uh, center from Springfield 16s uh, out of Slovakia. We got John Brown forward from the Cleveland Barons 16 team. Uh, we got Ryan Deans, not not entirely sure. He's goalie. a goalie. He'll be stopping pucks. But yeah, I'm going with Deans. Deans. Yeah. Deans. Yeah. Very interesting the last Long name. Island I've goals. never seen that before. <laughs> um, I, I'm assuming that's the Long Island goals. Yeah. Uh, 16 team. And then we got Darian Anderson, a right winger out of the Detroit Little Caesars 16 team. We got Adam Boder, a right defenseman from BWC U18 out of uh, Maple Ridge, British Columbia. We got Carson Lynch, a forward from the Detroit CompuWare 16 team. Left defenseman up next from Dearborn, Michigan, Cole Bartnick out of the Detroit Honey Banked program that we've talked about before. And 10th was uh, Luke Plant, a center from the Detroit Victory Honda 15s team out of Chesterfield, Michigan. Yeah, great, great selections there by Idaho Falls. And they're, they're going to be playing in some of the nicest arenas. Like, uh, if you're going to Idaho Falls, you've been drafted by Idaho Falls, I think you're going to be pretty excited about what you're playing. And honestly, most of these teams, I mean, you're really not going to be playing in front of a small crowd in the West. But, man, Idaho Falls just sets the standard now. It's uh, it, it's it's quite incredible. Um, and they also selected another goalie I want to give a shout-out to, and I'm going to slaughter his name. I can guarantee that. But he's from the Pittsburgh Penguins Elite 15 out of Naples, Florida. And it's uh, Guilio Terrio. Terrio. Oof. Sorry, Guilio. That, that is okay. That, that, is, that is a very good I, I almost feel like it's – could it be Julio maybe? Julio? No. Reach out, I don't GT. Well, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm calling him now, GT. You know? that's, that's a good goalie uh, name, yeah. actually. You got yeah, G- GT on the back end. <laughs> that could be a fun one to call once I know how to say it. But I'm horrific at pronunciations, as uh, French Canada has found out. It's very cool to see all these various professional junior teams that, like the Pittsburgh, they've got a lot of players from the Pittsburgh Pens elite team on this roster so it just feels like it's very cool to see the connections that these teams are able to make and where they're able to pull from and i certainly hope that a lot of these players get get another get a shot with idaho falls and i know that you know obviously it was very cool of them to select two players that they were already familiar with so shout out to those players and definitely looking forward to seeing what players from last year obviously have stuck around to join the new Idaho Falls team in, in the NCDC. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see who sticks around. And, and that's what that's the season we're ending into. And before I say some final words, I'll say if you're GT or another junior goalie like a Bauer and you want an amazing and affordable mask design, order your dream design for your goalie mask at maskgraps.ca. Great price, custom design, fast turnaround, and completely removable. Order yours today at maskgraps.ca and get 15% off your mask design with discount code PIGEON2023. But we're entering that time of the year where we're going to see a lot of players being tendered now. And it's going to be interesting to see who Idaho Falls, Utah, Ogden, Provo, Rock Springs, really, kind of, and Pueblo, who they tender uh, for their NCDC programs. Because there's a lot of talent on those teams last year. 
I'm not going to be stunned and actually kind of shocked that certain players aren't tendered for sure. But uh, we do want to thank all of your listeners for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're in the junior collegiate hockey world and we should get on a future podcast. Also follow us on Twitter or on Instagram or on TikTok to let us know what you think. This is the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Sam. Have a great day, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.